God in heaven is in control. Perhaps you thought, well, maybe, you know, because you look around and you see some things that might appear to be out of control, you need to be reminded God is in control. He's got everything under control. He's, he's in perfect control of the happenings here on the earth. And again, it's, it, it may seem out of control, but it's not out of his control. Your life from time to time may seem out of control, but it's not out of his control. Not only is he in control of what's happening, but he has a plan. He has a plan that he's working, and he has laid out this plan. The Bible tells us before the foundation of the world, his plan was established, and he's working it out in time, and he's working it out in and through your life. He has a plan for the people of the world for every single person. You say, wow, really? Every single person on the earth? All 7 billion people? Yeah, all 7 billion people. The Lord has a plan for them and he has a plan for you. It's a plan for you to work out his will in your life. And whenever you say things like these that I've opened up with tonight, you can't help but just reference that famous passage in Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11. I'll have it up on the screen for you. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of e evil, to give you a future and a hope. He's got great thoughts towards you. He's got great plans for you. And he, you have a future and you have a hope. There's a hope in Jesus Christ. Amen. God has laid out a blueprint for your life, and he knew it. He knew you in your mother's womb. We learned that in Jeremiah chapter 1. That was Jeremiah 29. If you go back to the first chapter of Jeremiah, you learn that from your, your very womb that God knew you. And, and he knit you together in, in your mother's womb, and he knew you, and he knew what he was going to do. And he says to Jeremiah, I knew you in your, in, in your mother's womb, and I've called you to be my mouthpiece. I've called you. And, and of course, Jeremiah objects and says, oh, but I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a youth. I'm only a young person. And God has to say, well, I know. I know you're a young person. Don't say that you're a young person. Hear what I'm saying to you. Sometimes we need to just lay down the objections that we might have to what, when God's talking to us and he's laying out his plan for us, and we just need to hear what he has to say. He's got a great plan for your life. And not only does he have a plan for your life, but he orders your steps. He orders your path. Uh, the psalmist put it this way in Psalm 37, verse 23. The steps of a good man, I'll have it on the screen for you. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his way. What's that? You know this verse, right? The steps of the righteous are ordered by God. What's that? Every step, the step as we're walking with the Lord that he has laid out a path for us and through his word that lights our path and through the Holy Spirit that kind of is that still small voice that whispers behind us, go, go this way. And, 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 and he lays out that path before us. Tonight in our study, in Genesis chapter 41, we will see that God does have a divine plan. And, it, and, and there's the big picture plan. And then there's, you know, you can say the big picture of God's plan. But then you can look at 
his plan for you and look at that as almost like the micro. So he's got the macro and the micro and you, the plan that he has for you fits in to this grand divine plan that he is working and unfolding in the earth. And so we're going to see that in, in and through the life of jo- uh, Joseph tonight. And we're going we're gonna to see God's plan unfold. The, the, the chapter is going to tell us a couple things tonight. It's going to help us see and to realize that God does have a plan for us and that he will bring it to pass. And that it's firmly decided and that God is going to exalt you in due time, in due time for the, 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 the purpose that he has for you. So let's take a look at this. If you're taking notes, the first point is this. God orders our steps. Let's go to Genesis 41. Pick it up, verse 1. It says this. Then it came to pass at the dawn of two full years that Pharaoh had a dream. And behold, he stood by the river. Suddenly there came up out of the river seven cows, fine-looking and fat, and they fed in the meadow. And then, behold, seven other cows came up after them out of the river, ugly and gaunt, and stood by the other cows on the bank of the river. And the ugly and gaunt cows ate up the seven fine-looking and fat cows. So Pharaoh awoke, and he slept and dreamed a second time, and suddenly seven heads of grain came up on one stalk, plump and good. And then, behold, seven thin heads, blighted by the east wind, sprang up after them. And the seven thin heads devoured the seven plump and full heads. So Pharaoh awoke, and indeed it was a dream. And now it came to pass in the morning that his spirit was troubled, and he sent and called for all the magicians of Egypt and all its wise men. And Pharaoh told him his dreams, but there was no one who could interpret them for Pharaoh." Then the chief butler spoke to Pharaoh, saying, I remember my faults this day. When Pharaoh was angry with his servants and put me in custody in the house of the captain of the guard, both me and the chief baker, we had a dream. And one night, he and I, and each of us dreamed according to the interpretation of his own dream. And now there was a young Hebrew man with us there, a servant of the captain of the guard, and we told him, and he interpreted our dreams for us. To each man he interpreted according to his own dream. And it came to pass, just as he had interpreted for us, so it happened. And he restored me to my office, and he hanged him. The Lord orders our steps. He's got a plan for us, and he orders our steps. God orders our steps. And if it's true that he orders our steps, we have to also understand this. That he orders our stops. We like to hear that God's ordered our steps, right? I mean, I want to hear that God is ordering my steps and telling me where to go. And, you know, kind of like, uh, who was it? Indiana Jones. You know, in the third one, the last crusade, he didn't know where to step. And he had to step out in faith. And, yeah, there it was. And he walked across the bridge or whatever. I guess the bridge was always there. I don't know. But anyways, you know what I'm talking about, right? We like to know, we like to hear that God orders our steps. But if he orders our steps, he also orders our stops, Joseph was in prison. Well, it was the text that we just read. If you were paying attention, it was two years. It was two full years since when? 
since the butler and the baker had their dreams and, and Joseph interpreted them for him. But he had been in, in, in prison for many years before that because of what had happened. Of course, he had been put in prison. And most scholars believe that, it was, that he had been in prison for at least 13 years, maybe more, but at least 13 years. And this was two years. The text tonight is two years after he had said to the chief butler... Of course, he knew the baker was going to get his. Remember that? So the baker couldn't help him out, but the butler could. And he said, remember, he said, remember me, remember me. And sure enough, the butler was put back in his place in Pharaoh's court, and he totally forgot about Joseph. So it was another two years. And when you look at the life of Joseph, this is one of the points that you have to kind of appreciate that you have to kind of understand about the life of Joseph. Because he had a major stop. It wasn't even just like a little, like it wasn't like a, you know, you know you're, you're going down 95 and you see like, you know, Dunkin' Donuts or something. And you're like, oh, let's, let's stop off for some Dunkin' Donuts. No, this was a stopping off for some several years in prison type of stop, okay? And so when you look at the life of Joseph, you, you, you have to look at and you have to appreciate what happened from the time that he received those dreams that God had given him, the, the dreams that he had, and then being stopped and put in prison, sold into slavery, put in prison in Egypt, and then we're going to see what's going to happen in his life in our chapter tonight. So you, you look at the life of Joseph and you have to appreciate that, yeah, God was ordering steps, but... He brought him all the way to Egypt and put him in prison, and then he had to just stop. And so I want to speak to you and say, hey, maybe you feel like at one point you were like, oh, you were gung-ho, and you said, well, God's got a plan for me. God's got, you know, he, 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 he's, he's gifted me to do this or that or whatever. And, and for whatever reason, things fell apart. Things didn't materialize like the way that you uh, had thought. And... A lot of people get to that point in feeling where they just feel like, well, you know, God's moved on. God doesn't need me. God uh, has put me on the shelf. Anybody ever feel like God's put you on the shelf for a little while? I mean, come on. Be honest. I mean, I could raise my hand or both of my hands. I, I have felt in my life like sometimes, well, what happened? Look at everybody else. I mean, you got these great plans for everybody else. Lord, what about me? Don't get discouraged. God's ordering your steps, but he's also ordering your stops. And he ordered the stops of Joseph. Pharaoh had two dreams. One night, Pharaoh had, went, to, went to bed, had two dreams, and these dreams caused him tremendous distress. You had the cows. He had seven fat cows. I guess a fat cow was a... Good-looking cow, right? <laughs> you know, and 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 these fat cows got eaten up by these thin, ugly cows. That's what it says in the Bible, right there. We just read it. And then you had these th seven heads of wheat that were plump and good, and they were eaten up by these seven thin and awful-looking stalks of wheat, heads of wheat. So what does Pharaoh do? He he calls in his his people, right? He calls in, he, Pharaoh's got all of his people. He's got his butler, his baker, and everybody else on his, on his staff, right? And part of Pharaoh's staff is that he had these magicians, you know, and you, and you, you, 
you need to get this theme that pick that begins to pick up here in the Bible because it picks up here. Uh, you see hints of it before this, but you see it here, and then it continues on into Exodus and throughout the Old Testament, where there's this battle of the spiritual people of the pagans against the people of the, the, the people of God and the man of God. And when you see Moses actually coming back into, into Pharaoh's court, a different Pharaoh about 400 years later from this time, it's a kind of a duel of the magicians, really. You know, I'm not really saying Moses is a magician, but he's, they're, they're throwing their staffs down and their snakes, and Moses is like, oh, yeah, check this out. And he, you know, he's, got, he's got his thing going. So you see this theme where you know, they, they've got these men that deal in the supernatural, that deal in the occult, so to speak. And so he goes to these guys, and, and none of these guys can interpret the dreams, no one can interpret Pharaoh's dreams. And you see this in, in Scripture, and actually this plays out several hundred years later, many, many hundreds of years later, when the, there was a group of Hebrew young men who were taken into captivity into Babylon. And uh, the king of Babylon had a dream, and none of his people could interpret his dream until a young man named Daniel stood up. And he was the one that was uh, able to interpret the dream of Nebuchadnezzar. On this occasion, it's Joseph that's going to be called on, uh, the man of God, to be able to step in and interpret Pharaoh's dream. But none of these people could interpret Pharaoh's dream. Um, now, the cupbearer, the butler. Remember, we talked about the butler. Last week, the butler remembers Joseph. I guess it was the dream. Pharaoh, something about, you know, Joseph, Pharaoh's woken up this morning talking about his dream. He's all trouble in the dream. Talking about his dream. He had some bad dreams. Oh, yeah. Wait a second. I knew a guy. Wait a second. Back when we were in prison, there was a guy. We got a guy, Pharaoh. Hey, I got a guy. I got a, I got, a, I got, I got an interpreter guy, and he's down in the prison. Yeah, he interpreted our dreams, and they came true. The the baker was hanged, and I was back here with you, but I forgot. But I remember now. So he told Pharaoh that it was a young Hebrew man that was in the prison. And this is where we begin to see the, the steps of the righteous ordered by the Lord. Amen? Amen? The second point, if you're taking notes tonight, is this, that God's plan is firmly decided. Not only are his, your steps ordered by him, but the plan that he has for you is firmly decided. Let's pick it back up in the text in verse 14. It says this, Then Pharaoh sent... And called Joseph, and they brought him quickly out of the dungeon. And he shaved, changed his clothing, and came to Pharaoh. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, I have had a dream, and there is no one who can interpret it. But I have heard it said of you that you can understand a dream to interpret it. So Joseph answered Pharaoh, saying, It's not in me. God will give Pharaoh an answer of peace. 
Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, Behold, in my dream I stood on the bank of the river, and suddenly seven cows came up on the river, fine-looking and fat, and then they fed in the meadow. Then, behold, seven other cows came up after them, poor and very ugly and gaunt, such ugliness as I've never seen in all the land of Egypt. And the gaunt and ugly cows ate up the first seven, the fat cows. And when they had eaten them up, no one would have known that they had eaten them up, for they were just as ugly as at the beginning. So I awoke. Also I saw in my dream, and suddenly seven heads came up on one stalk, full and good. Then behold, seven heads withered, thin, and blighted by the east wind sprang up after them, and the thin heads devoured the seven good heads. So I told this to the magicians, but there was no one who could explain it to me. Then Joseph said to Pharaoh, The dreams of Pharaoh are one. God has shown Pharaoh what he is about to do. The seven good cows are seven years, and the seven good heads are seven years. The dreams are one. And the seven thin and ugly cows which came up after them are seven years, and the seven empty heads blighted by the east wind are seven years of famine. And this is the thing which I have spoken to Pharaoh. God has shown Pharaoh what he is about to do. Indeed, seven years of great plenty will come throughout all the land of Egypt. But after them, seven years of famine will arise, and all the plenty will be forgotten in the land of Egypt, and the famine will deplete the land. So the plenty will not be known in the land because of the famine following, for, for it will be very severe. And the dream was repeated to Pharaoh twice because the thing is established by God, and God will shortly bring it to pass. Now, therefore, let Pharaoh select a discerning and wise man and set him over the land of Egypt. And let Pharaoh do this and let him appoint officers over the land to collect one-fifth of the produce of the land in the seven plentiful years. And let them gather all the food of those good years that are coming and store up grain under the authority of Pharaoh and let them keep food in the cities, that the food shall be as a reserve for the land for the seven years of famine, which shall be in the land of Egypt, that the land may not perish during the famine. So, so far we've learned this, that God has a plan for us and that he's ordering our steps. And don't forget it because, okay, if I accept, okay, God's got a plan for me. There's this great divine plan. And me being one person, me being a singular person that is a part of what God is doing, that he has a plan for my life as well. And that in that, he's bringing about it in my life by ordering my steps, by making me, by calling me to be a person of the spirit, by calling me to be a person of the word, he's ordering my steps. But also knowing that the plan is firmly established and decided. When God makes a plan, it is firmly decided. So that when God says, I know the plans I have for you, these plans of God are firmly decided. God doesn't go, oh, well, I have a plan for you. And they go, oh, well, no, not really. I was just kidding. No, no, he's got a plan for you. And it's firmly decided. Amen? Yes. And God wants us to walk according to his firmly decided plans. I think if we got that point into our spirits tonight, that the plan of God for us is firmly decided, we wouldn't be so quick to give up on the plan. We need to realize that he hadn't given up. We may be at a stop, but we have to realize it's been firmly established and he's going to bring it about in our lives. Don't give up, Christian. Joseph was remembered. The, 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 the butler remembered him. 
And Pharaoh called for Joseph, and Joseph was called out of the dungeon. He came out of the dungeon. He was cleaned up. His clothes were changed. He was shaved. You know, they, 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 they put these robes on him. They put this stuff on him and, and brought him in. I mean, they had to do a quick cleanup job. <laughs> you, know, you know, we got to get you out of the dungeon, you know, and bring you. You're going to be going to Pharaoh. So we got to, you know, we got to do something quick. And so he called him out of the dungeon. And, you know, this is kind of, it's actually a little bit of a picture, I guess, if of our lives in Christ. Actually, before Christ, we were in the dungeon. And when God came in and called us, we got called out of the dun- dungeon. And he put a robe on us and cleaned us up. Amen? And, uh, and, and, and realizing that now that he's done that, that he's got, he's, there's a reason that he's done it. That, 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 that there's a bigger purpose. There's a bigger plan that he's, that he's called us to. So Pharaoh said to Joseph, I've had a dream and there is no one that can interpret it. Can you? And Joseph says to him, he says, it's not me, but God will. God has a good word for you. God will give you a word of peace. So Joseph, I love this about Joseph because he's, he's actually coming from a place of humility. <laughs> you know, maybe he was like, I, I hope I can still do it. You know, it's been a couple of years, you know, Just hope I still got it. But no, I, I like the humility of Joseph, you know. I think this is, this is how God prepares his people. And if you're in a stop right now, don't, part, of what, part of what we need to realize that in the stop, that we got to get the lessons that we're learning in the stop. Sometimes we feel like God's done with us. He's put on the, us on the shelf. But there's a preparation in that. That, that, that maybe we need to get a dose of humility. Maybe we need to get a dose of, of who Jesus is. Maybe we need to get a dose of, of, of just the, the, the profound nature of what God's done in our lives and, and see his uh, you know, sanctification process begin to work out in our lives. And so whatever it is, don't miss the lesson of where you are currently. Uh, so, so Joseph uh, is going to tell uh, Pharaoh his dream. Joseph told God, or told Pharaoh that God would give him an answer. And he would, and, and, and what I like about this is, you know, number one, Joseph is, you know, it's, it's humble, but it's also bold. <laughs> okay? So, you have to understand that you can be confident, you can be uh, all those things that God's called us to be, in humility, but you can also boldly proclaim the Lord. Amen? And that's what he does here, because he says God will, it's in God, and God's going to bring you a word of peace. And you have to remember that Pharaoh was God (laughs) to the Egyptians. You know, so you have to realize what Joseph is telling Pharaoh you know, in, in their kind of understanding that you had the, the, the physical, you know, the man Pharaoh was kind of like a God incarnate over the people. Um, and this is what you had, um, you know, that basically, you know, ruled nations, this concept for the first several thousand years of human history um, until um, we basically came up with the idea of separating the authority of the state from this idea of that person being God. You know, so that was a, that was a major um, 
you know, and that's very recent, you know, in, in, in terms of um, you, you still have some of this actually in the earth today. So it's, it's, uh, it's, it's not gone from the earth in, in, any, in any means. Um, so, so Joseph is humble, but he's also boldly proclaiming the, the living God uh, to Pharaoh. So he, tells, he begins to tell Pharaoh his dreams. The seven good cows are seven. And, you know, the, the dreams are one. Seven good cows are seven, and the seven good heads of wheat are seven good years, and the seven gaunt cows and the seven empty heads of wheat are seven years of famine. And again, he tells Pharaoh that God has showed him what he is about to do. Did you catch that? He says, you know, God has shown you, God is showing you, God has given you a heads up. He's showing you what he's about to do. There will be seven years of plenty, of great plenty, but after them, seven years of famine will arise, and the famine will be harsh. And the dreams are repeated for Pharaoh because this plan is established by God, and God will shortly bring it to pass. It would be interesting in your life to think about this point because when God brings, a, when he declares something that is coming, there is a theme in Scripture where he will tell it in a pair. And, and he will tell it, and here he tells it in a pair of dreams to Pharaoh. Uh, that this is, come, this is it, 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 it communicates two things. When it comes in a pair like this, it communicates two things. It, it communicates that it's firmly established by God and it's going to be brought to pass. And that there's an, there's an immediate immediacy to it. So not only is it firmly established, but this is coming, this is happening soon. So you say, well, give us another example of that. Well, I will. Uh, there's a reference in the book of Revelation where God reveals that Babylon is, and this is the way it says it, Babylon is fallen, fallen, okay? So it doesn't say Babylon is fallen. It doesn't, it, 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 he could just say Babylon is going down, right? But in the language, it's as if to say Babylon is going down, is going down, okay? So you have this dual, you have this pair. And what that does, and I'll have, I got that verse up there. It's, um, it's actually a couple times in Revelation, but the first time, I think that you see it is Revelation 14, verse 8. And it says this, And another angel followed, saying, Behold, uh, Babylon is fallen, is fallen, the great city, because she has made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. So what is the word of the Lord that the angel is delivering here? Babylon is fallen, fallen. That it's firmly decided, and it's coming very quickly. Okay, so you see this idea. So God's plans are firmly decided and he will bring them to pass. And this is coming very soon. And so you need to heed the word of the Lord. So Joseph was telling Pharaoh the way it was. Joseph's interpretations of the dreams was not only the interpretation of the dream, but it was also a discerning of good and bad, I guess good and evil, if you will. And, and the Egyptians could not discern this in the dreams. I mean, I don't know what they thought. I mean, even if, like, if you, were, if you didn't know the interpretation of the dream, you just read this for the first time, and before I read the interpretation, you said, well, let's think about this. Seven fat cows, seven thin cows. Let's see, you know, so 
part, you know, maybe they came up with some variations or, or, or whatever, but for whatever reason, there was kind of a, a, a you know, a mental block. They couldn't, they couldn't get it. Um, and, and, you know, the Lord wants us to be able to look at things that he's presented before us and discern the good and the bad. And that's one of the ways that he delineates our path in front of us. Um, we need to be able to, to discern the good and the bad, the, 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 the good and the evil. When God put Adam and Eve in the garden, we see it on the trailer every week, right? I got this whole trailer for you, and it's got all kinds of messages in there. Some, some are just quick and whatever. And you go, oh, that's what he talked about when he talked about, and all that. And other, others of you think you know, you know different things. But, you know, oh, yeah, he, 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 he believes in that or whatever. But uh, anyways, in the garden, there was two, there was two trees, right? There was the, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and there was the tree of life. And basically what you had was you have the tree of life and the tree of death. You have the tree of good and the tree of bad or the tree of evil. Do not eat, eat, eat from the tree that is in the midst of the garden for in the day that you eat it, you will surely die. And, and God wants us to learn how to discern the good and the bad and to learn how to obey him. And that's how we can begin to learn how to walk in the path that he has laid out for us. In the, in the firmly decided plan that God has for you. He wants you to discern the good and the bad and then choose the good. And this is, you know, you know think about this. And, you know, sometimes you think about things and, you know, you look maybe perhaps at your past life before you were a Christian and you just like, you know, there was this kind of automatic, like, you know, just... Good and bad, oh, you know, you just, you just, you went, went to, went to the left, you know, you, you, you needed an alignment, you know, so to speak. And, you know, as we're walking with the Lord, hopefully, hopefully we're learning how to, to look at things or look at choices in front of us, look at things that are happening in our life and, and, and allow God to speak to us, allow God to give us discernment between the good and the bad and so that we can follow in the path that God's laying out before us. Amen? God, uh, Joseph suggests a plan of action to Pharaoh. He suggests that Pharaoh find a wise and discerning man and set him over the land of Egypt and then let him appoint officers. Collect one-fifth of the produce of Egypt in the seven good years. Then the food should be a reserve for the seven years of famine. So in the interpretation, you have the interpretation, but you also see the discernment of the good and the bad. There's going to be the seven good years, the seven bad years. This is what you need to do during the good years. This is what you need to do during those bad years, those evil or those lean years. And so this is kind of part of it in seeing this. And I think that there, there's, there's the bigger picture of what God wants us to see, um, that he, he does want us to have a discernment. Um, and, you know, you, you read different things. You know, in, in, in pastoral journals and pastor blogs and stuff. And, and one of the concerns that I see constantly coming up is, you know, a prayer for discernment amongst the people of God. You know, and some, some people are like, you know, they're, they're kind of doomsday, you know, and they'll say, there's no discernment out there. I look out across the, the, the nation and like, what, what, where, where's just the discernment of the Lord? I mean, the, the gift of the Holy Spirit of discernment, that he wants to give people discernment over the good and the bad. And uh, this is something that we need to, to, to look to God for in our lives because it will save us from a lot of heartache and headache. Amen? Amen. So 
he gives them the course of action and, um, and, it, and it comes through the humble servant of the Lord, Joseph. When we walk with God, God will show us the step that he reveals. He'll, he'll perhaps even reveal a stop or maybe we find ourselves in a stop and then we realize, okay, maybe this is a stop waiting on the Lord. He reveals the plan when things maybe begin to accelerate and he will reveal the action steps. Sometimes when you're in the stop, God's teaching you um, uh, some different stuff. Maybe it's some character building issues, some, some the construction of just the character that God is building in you. An understanding of the new identity that you have in Christ. Then as you begin to be released from that stop, then suddenly... Now there's, oh, I need to go, I need to step here, or I need to do this. And, and suddenly where you had maybe like, I don't know what to do, I don't know what to do. Maybe God's working, maybe what God, what, what to do is just to listen to the Lord right now. Because when you learn to listen to the Lord, when the stop is over, then you're going to go and you're going to wake up. The ears are going to pop open. You're going to go boom, 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 boom. And you're going to know exactly, you're going to have like a to-do list in your head. You're going to go, I know exactly what I need to do because God is laying it out before me. It's amazing uh, how God works like this. Sometimes, I don't know if you've ever noticed this in your life where you're like, man, I, there, was, there was a season where I just didn't know what to do. And then suddenly the, the, just the thing broke open and I knew exactly what to do. Amen. Lastly tonight, God's servants are exalted in due season. Let's pick it back up in verse 37 in Genesis 41. It says this, so the advice was good in the eyes of Pharaoh and in the eyes of all his servants. And Pharaoh said to his servants, can we find such a, a one as this, a man in whom is the spirit of God? Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, inasmuch as God has shown you all this, there is no one as discerning and as wise as you. You shall be over my house, and all my people shall be ruled according to your word. Only in regard to the throne will I be greater than you. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, See, I have set you over all the land of Egypt. Then the Pharaoh took his signet ring off his hand and put it on Joseph's hand, and he clothed him in gar garments of fine linen and put a gold chain around his neck. And he made him ride in the second chariot which he had, and they cried out before him, Bow the knee. So he set him over the land of Egypt. And Pharaoh also said to Joseph, I am Pharaoh, and without your consent no, no man may lift his hand or foot in all the land of Egypt. And Pharaoh called Joseph's name uh, Zaphnath Paneh, and he gave him as a wife Azanath, the daughter of Potiphar, priest of On. And so Joseph went out over all the land of Egypt. Joseph was 30 years old when he stood before Pharaoh, king of Egypt. And Joseph went out from the presence of Pharaoh and went throughout all the land of Egypt. And now in the seven plentiful years, the ground brought forth abundantly. So he gathered up all the food of the seven years, which were in the land of Egypt and laid up food in the cities. And he laid up in every city, the food of the fields, which surrounded them. And Joseph gathered very much grain as the sand of the sea until he stopped counting for it was immeasurable. 
And to Joseph were born two sons before the years of famine came, whom Azanath, the daughter of Potipharah, priest of On, bore to him. And Joseph called the name of his firstborn Manasseh, for God has made me forget all my toil and all my fa- in my father's house. And the name of the second he called Ephraim, for God had caused me to be fruitful in the land of my affliction. Then the seven years of plenty, which were in the land of Egypt, ended, and the seven years of famine began to come, as Joseph had said. And the famine was in all the lands, but all the land of Egypt, there, there was bread. And so when all the land of Egypt was famished, the people cried to Pharaoh for bread. And then Pharaoh said to all the Egyptians, go to Joseph, and whatever he says to you, do. And the famine was over all the face of the earth. And Joseph opened all the storehouses and sold to the Egyptians. And the famine became severe in the land of Egypt. And so all the countries came to Joseph in Egypt to buy grain because the famine was severe in all lands. So our steps are ordered. The plan of God is firmly established in our lives. And God is going to bring that moment. He's going to, he's going to bring that exaltation, that elevation, if you will, at the proper time. At the right time, God exalts his servants according to his firmly decided plan. At the right time, God will raise you up. If you are willing to submit to the plan of God, if you, if you're, if you are going to recognize it, if you're going to willingly submit to the plan of God, now... Uh, God is going to raise you up at the appointed time. And God raises up Joseph here. He exalts him. And we learned this already in Genesis, that promotion is from the Lord. Amen? Promotion is from the Lord. You may feel like you've been passed over at work, or you may feel like, uh, you know, it's just not happening. Continue to remain in that place of being submitted to the Lord. God is going to bring about that elevation, that exaltation at the proper time. God will allow you to find favor at the right time. There is a timing to it. You know, we would rather choose that he just do it immediately. <laughs> you know, without delay. But there's a process. And, you know, that, that somehow God has done an unbelievable work in the life of Joseph that, that now he is bringing to bear upon this new leadership position that he has been exalted to. And so that's, that's an important point. So God will allow you to find favor at the right time. Pharaoh asks his servants, can we find a man like Joseph in whom the spirit of God is? I find it interesting that Pharaoh recognized the spirit of God in Joseph's life. A good question is, do, we, do you recognize the spirit of God in your life? Amen. <laughs> Where is he? Hopefully you sense and know the spirit, the Holy Spirit in your life. Uh, because we're, we're to be people of the spirit. And so Pharaoh picks Joseph. He says, man, we're not going to find another man like this that has the spirit of God in him. It's you, Joseph. And Pharaoh appoints Joseph to the second highest position in Egypt. He gives Joseph his signet ring, which was a representative a representation of his authority and his dominion over the land. The signet ring of the, the king, the pharaoh, was a, a, a representation of his authority. He, he, he put that signet ring on Joseph's hand. He clothed him in garments of fine linen. He put a gold chain around his neck. And, he, and, and listen to this. He rode him around in the second chariot. 
Did you catch that? So there would be this procession. There was, you had the first chariot, and then you had the second chariot. And this was a way that Pharaoh established the authority of Joseph over the land and over the people of Israel. How did he do it? It's kind of akin to when a leader kind of, you know, puts his arm around someone and says, this is my guy, and you need to listen to him. And it's, it's, it's that it's that transference of authority and what he did in putting him in that second chariot and riding around and the people recognized what was happening, right? So they said, bow the knee, bow the knee. So he rode him around, established his position, and he gave him a wife. So he hadn't had a wife. He'd been in prison all these years, right? There's a real parallel to what God established uh, it, it did in Joseph's life here in what he did when he established man upon the earth in the garden. That God breathed, he breathed his breath into Adam and he became a living soul. And God gave him dominion over the land and over the animals. And he crowned him with glory and honor. And then he gave him a wife. <laughs> right? Right? Now look at this. Not only what, what, is there a, a, a parallelism there to what God did with man when he established man upon the earth. Look at, there's also a parallel with Jesus. That the spirit descended upon Jesus at his baptism. At the cross, uh, God exalted, after the cross and the, the victory of the resurrection, God exalted Christ to the highest place. We see that theme picked up by Paul in Philippians chapter 2. And then what is the Holy Spirit doing now? He's preparing a bride, a wife for the Lord. Now, it doesn't stop there. There's a parallel to you, believer. The same is true for those who are in Christ. God causes us to be born of his spirit when we call upon his name. The spirit of God then dwells in us. He gives us authority and stewardship over, over the lives, the new lives that he's given. And, and the people and the things that he's brought into our life. He gives us a robe of righteousness, and that's also fine linen, right? And we're engaged too. We're going to be married. <laughs> you know, we're, we're, the bride, we're the bride of Christ. And so um, it's, a, it's an amazing picture that we see. Now, the text here also tells us that Joseph was 30 years old when all this happened to, to him. And... You might think, you know, you would say today, certainly, like, you know, if, if you had a, a young man 30 years old that was exalted to, like, you know, the vice president or something or whatever, you know, you'd say, oh, wow, you know, could he be president? 30? You know? 29? Definitely not. 30? Still not sure. Uh, <clears throat> but there was an awful, there's a, there's a, there's a track record of those that were 30 <laughs> that stepped into that place in that place well number one you see this theme picked up in the law where a priest actually had to be 30 okay and then you see it in the life of David most scholars believe that David was 30 when he was elevated to to king of Israel and then of course jo uh, Jesus was 30 years old when he began his his uh his ministry and, and uh, begin to do his thing. So David was 30. And Pharaoh's dreams were fulfilled. The land, uh, God brought them to pass. The land produced abundant crops during those seven years. 
so much so that the text tells it immeasurable, you know, little, little bit of hyperbole there, but you know, there's, there was, there was a, a lot of, of food that was, that was gathered during those seven years. And Joseph gathered them in storage in the Egyptian cities and exercised authority, absolute authority over that whole process of, of collecting this grain and all of it. And then, of course, you had the seven years of famine that followed. And he also, not only did he get a wife, but then he had a couple of sons. And he gave, he named his son, he named his firstborn son Manasseh, which is to, which is to say forget. And he says, because I have forgotten, you know, I, I, God has helped me forget um, just you know, some of these bad things, the, the bad things that have happened to me. And he's, 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 he's helped me to forget. And then he names his second son Ephraim because God has made him fruitful. And it signified that God had made him fruitful in the land of Egypt, in the land of his affliction. Now, this sounds great, right? Okay, God's gonna, you know, God helped him forget the affliction and God brought about fruitfulness in the place where he was formerly afflicted. And how many would like to see that happen in your life? Amen? Yeah, yeah. And, and God's going to do it. God's going to do it. And you just keep trusting him. Keep trusting him for the plan. Keep trusting him as he's going to continue to order your steps. The plan has been firmly established. And, and God's going to do these things in your life. Joseph had tremendous wisdom. You say, well, where did he get this wisdom? Well, the spirit of the Lord. Pharaoh recognized that in, in uh, Joseph was the spirit of the Lord. There's, there's a, this connection in the Bible between the Holy Spirit and wisdom, the wisdom of the Lord. And when, when you have the spirit of God, living inside of you, you need to tap in also to the wisdom of God. Amen. And James says, you know, hey, if you lack wisdom, it's a good thing to recognize it and then ask and God will give to you liberally. And one of the things we've done with our kids is we've prayed for wisdom with them, you know, you know, when they're, when they're real small and they make, you know, they start, you know, doing some dumb stuff. You say, come here, you know, Hey, we all did dumb stuff when we were kids, right? You know, you do dumb stuff. Like, I played with matches in the house, right? You know, my mom caught me. I, I, I was playing with matches. It, come on, anybody play with matches? I mean, all right, all right, come on. All right, so I played with matches in the house. This was the 70s. Don't look so disturbed, all right? We were fine. <laughs> my mom caught me, and she said, okay, dumb, dumb. Let's pray for wisdom. <laughs> and, and thank the Lord, you know? And so you pray for wisdom. Pray for the wisdom of the Lord. And God gave tremendous wisdom to Joseph. Uh, and he was able to be very wise in, in, in this whole process of saving the grain and then distributing it and all of it. And Joseph was in second of all, in, of all power in all of Egypt. And God had revealed, God had gave these dreams to Pharaoh. God used Joseph at the right time to be called up out of the dungeon 
to be in that place to interpret the dreams and then the plan of God. Now, God is placing Joseph in that place for a particular reason, not only for, to, to save Egypt, but to save his family, as we're going to see as the, as the book continues to go forward. But tonight, I think we need to be reminded, we need to see that God does have a plan for you, that that plan is firmly established. He's ordered your steps, and he's going to exalt and elevate you at the right time. And I want to encourage you, Christian, keep trusting the Lord, and he will do it in your life.